There we go. Okay, that's recording now. Uh, just ignore the record part and we'll just have a discussion. And uh, so once again, for li anyone who's listening, there are two or three listeners out there. <laughs> Welcome. I'm Glenn, as you know, and uh, this morning I'm chatting with uh, Gary Gale, who's in London, and it's not morning for him. So, welcome, Gary. Thanks, Glenn. Um, nice to be here, and welcome to the little corner of of Southwest London, which seems to be very, very quiet at the moment for some strange reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard stories. It's 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 been interesting this week. I'm, I've been talking with people all over in different places and we all seem to have different rules in place. Um, I heard, yeah, London, what Boris has got you guys on total shutdown. So what is, what does total shutdown mean? What do you, uh, well, um, we're basically, we, we are, um, told that the um, NHS, the National Health Service, which we have here, the um, they've reversed the acronym, which now means um, stay home now. So um, pretty much every business which isn't deemed to be essential has closed down. Um, so supermarkets, petrol stations, the local convenience stores and the, and the pharmacies, they're all still open. But everything else is is shut and we're supposed to only go out um, once a day for exercise, walking the dog, or to go and get um, sort of essential supplies. But the, the sort of the, the devil's in the details and it, it's not quite clear in some cases what essential means. So we've already had several politicians on the TV, TV afterwards to sort of clarify this um, and it varies really significantly around London as to how people I think are interpreting this mm -hmm. um, so some areas um, it's not quite business as usual but um, it, there's still a lot of people around other areas I, I think more in in the suburbs which is where we are it's it's very very quiet it's sort of Christmas Day quiet and where I am um, is not that far away from Heathrow Airport and um, also not that far away from one of the um, the main trunk roads which goes out into the motorway system. So you've normally got plane noises going on overhead, you've got the um, the constant background white noise of um, of the traffic on the um, on the A316 leading into the M3 and I'm looking out my window right now and it's a clear blue sky with absolutely no contrails in it coming in and out of Heathrow mm -hmm. um, and no background noise either. And so it, it's, it's kind of eerie. Yeah. Yeah. No cars on the road. At all. No cars on the road. Um, people yeah. are going to sort of the local store every so often, but they're, they're doing this sort of waggle dance where they see someone coming down the road. So they cross over onto the other side of the road and then discover oh. that there's somebody else on the other side of the road. So then they, there's people walking down the middle of the road, some of them wearing face masks, some of them not, some of them with sort of um, their winter scarves wrapped around their face. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just a very, very bizarre sort of circumstance. Yeah, that's crazy. I did. Oh, excuse me. One sec. Alexa, stop. <laughs> I heard, heard something in the background. I realized the radio is still on. Uh, see, Alexa's yeah. listening. 
<laughs> she, she's grabbing our conversation. Yeah. 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 So it's fun to contrast that here. We are, um, I wouldn't say lockdown. It's, you know, suggested that, you know, whoever can self quarantine or self isolate, I guess is a better term do that. Um, but largely it seems like, you know, people are, people are going out to do things. They're, you know, going to, it seems like a lot of people I, I'm sure are like going to the market or something almost every day just to get out. People are walking around. Um, it's definitely not a full lockdown. That's for sure. Well, I, I get the feeling at the moment they're trying to do it by consensus rather than enforcement. But if it doesn't, um, if it doesn't quite work out the way they want it to, I think things will get um, quite harder and more rigid and more enforced um, quite quickly, which yeah. is, it's, it's, it's scary. I mean, um, you know, I, I, um, I, when I grew up, I had parents who, um, who lived through the war and they were talking about curfew, about blackout. And it's one of those things which you never really think you're going to experience in, in your lifetime. And then all of a sudden, you go to the local supermarket and it is just like an empty warehouse full of shelving and there's nothing there. And it's really disturbing and quite unsettling. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's been interesting watching people's habits kind of unfold, right? Like with the whole, I don't, I don't know if, if it was the same in the UK, but the whole, the, the initial run on toilet paper and paper products. Um, oh man, that was ridiculous. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I don't get it. All of a sudden, uh, I mean, yeah, I went and I had a look and okay, I've, <laughs> I probably have several weeks supply of toilet paper as usual, right? In the cupboard. And so I wasn't panicking about that. I was probably more concerned, like, my God, how much beer is in the house, right? So, Well, we're, yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're, yeah. we're particularly concerned on the, um, on the, on the caffeine levels as well. Right. Yeah. You gotta have your coffee. But but and from from talking to sort of friends and family who are around this area, it's also quite interesting to see how sort of different industry sectors are coping with this. So um, you know, I, I'm kind of used to working from home for periods of time, and w with my current job, we always have some people in the team who um, you know they either work from home from out of choice or there's just something going on in, in their lives, which means they need to do the ad hoc day. So we're, we're quite well set up in that respect. Everything that we use um, is, is in the cloud. Mm -hmm. um, and there's short of those sort of, you know, the water cooler meetings and the, the sprint board that we have with loads of post-it notes on it to show what everybody's working on. There's nothing we physically need in the office apart from that sort of team spirit, spirit and camaraderie. Um, it took us maybe two or three days to sort of adjust to the fact that now we're all at home all of the time. But other other industry sectors um, have been really finding it quite challenging to adopt to that. Um, you know, my next door neighbour, they're, they're used to having a VPN into their office because, of course, they've got all their servers and everything mm -hmm. is, is there in the office. And that's used to coping with maybe two or three people um, at any given time happening to, to need remote access. And now they've got like 300 people who all of a sudden need to sort of thread this very, very thin needle of VPN 
bandwidth with an extremely fat sausage of demand. That's, that's a really disturbing mental image, actually. I'll really? probably correct that. <laughs> but, um, you know, the systems just can't cope with it. And half of these people, they, they don't have office space at home. They don't even have um, laptops or a broadband connection, which is capable of supporting this. So I, I, I think it's, it's really difficult for some people to get their head into that mindset and to have everything that's set up. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. I can, I can only imagine. I mean, because the first time, uh, kind of, uh, trying to get in through VPN and whatever kind of, uh, enterprise security, uh, protocols are set up can, you know, that can be a little challenging for people. And then if you, you're dealing with people who have right varying capabilities and knowledge and skills, right. So, uh, uh, made me think of my, so my wife just got a job with HP, luckily great timing, uh, uh several weeks ago and her first day, it was the, <laughs> was the day that the, the whole company went remote. So hundreds of people, I could just imagine like the, the tech support required on their end to help get everyone set up. Right. Oh, I bet. And, yeah. and remote, <clears throat> remote onboarding, that's going to be fun. Yeah. But uh, hey, it's a it's a learning experience. If anything, probably you know some good things will come out of this, um, right? We're being forced to forced to adapt and adopt technologies that maybe some people have been putting off, you know, learning or. Um, so it's good. I've been doing this from home forever, so it's business as usual, really. But it is a good it's a good time to tackle new projects. Um, for it sure. is. I mean, the one thing I have noticed is my productivity has has boosted because, of course, I don't have um, nigh on three hours of my day um, sitting on the um, the cattle trucks that they call public transport um, in this city. So um, I can start at eight um, here as the um, as the kids go off to their respective um, little areas to do their stuff. Um, I can have a nice lunch with with the family and then finish normally at a reasonable hour and I can just walk downstairs. I don't have to sort of um, barge my way onto tube trains and onto the, um, onto the rail services, which, which is a tiring thing in itself. So right. I guess in, you know, you've got to look for a silver lining somewhere in that respect. And, and I also think this is, this is bringing out um, some of the, the more altruistic aspects of um of some of the population i wouldn't say all of it i mean there's, there's been a lot of leaflet campaigns which have gone on locally with um with people saying you know hey if you're self-isolating um here i am here's my mobile number um if you can't get out i'll go shopping for you if you if you're just going stir crazy from being inside you know jump on the phone and it, it is nice to see that people are, are maybe thinking a little bit about others um, mm -hmm. rather than just getting bogged down into that day-to-day -day suburban existence, which most of us have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed. And I'm sure it's kind of human nature, especially for a, a lot of, a lot of uh, I'm, I'm sure that you and people you know and people at your company at the same time are thinking, well, okay, what are, what kind of uh, ideas could pop up or creep up out of this, right? Like what kind of innovations um, you might be seeing ideas for like an app or a service that, <laughs> that we could use right now that doesn't exist or, you know? It's, oh, very much yeah, so. Yeah, times I like mean, this, you, get, know, you they, get the wheels turning. <laughs> 
I mean, um, Facebook must be making an absolute killing at the moment because the number of local Facebook groups that we're finding out about, which have sprung up um, all around this area, has has just gone insane. Um, there was something I, I read about this morning. Um, one of the the major London hospitals have launched, um, yeah, a geolocation based app which you put onto your your phone, and it's basically um, each day you check in, and it's like. I, you know, are you are you ill? If so, what's the severity of the symptoms? Um, or are you well? Um, and just to try and get that sort of, I think, more granular picture of of what's going on with with the population from people just contributing this information. Because of course, over here we still don't have um, any form of testing, which is which is going on. Um, and um, as, as a result of, of, of that, I think, you know, one of the things that um, all of the, the epidemiologists that, that you see doing the talking heads on, on the television are saying is, you know, in order to measure the spread, you, you've got to have something that you can quantify and not knowing how many people are, um, are healthy and how many people aren't makes it very, very difficult to, to pin down those, those numbers. So, you know, they're, they're bandering around numbers each night on the evening news and you can pretty much guarantee their their sort of um estimates which will be on the best case rather than probably the worst case to avoid alarming people but I, it, it's nice to see that sort of um very very rapid tech um innovation and iteration which is which is going on um, and i fully expect to see um, quite a few more of those things coming out as we find that maybe it, this is going to be going on for um, more than the initial three weeks that we're having in, in this country. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, more and more we're hearing talk that uh, this is probably going to be a couple of months of dealing with this for sure. I don't think that would surprise anyone. Hopefully no more than that. When they start talking about through summer, that, that's kind of, that's a little daunting, but Definitely. I mean, I thought of, uh, actually, I had a scare myself. You probably saw it, but, you know, took the precautions to get checked out because um, I wasn't feeling good when I shortly after returning from Colorado a couple weeks there. And, uh, but that's the nasty thing about this virus is, you know, the, the symptoms are so common of other things. We've got, it's allergy season right now, cold season. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's all the, Pretty much same symptoms, right? And I think it's okay to be a little bit paranoid as well. <laughs> sure. Yep. Yep. You learn. Uh, you learn from it. Um, so I was going to ask you when earlier I scoped out on LinkedIn. I was having a look at um, at your profile, and so your company. We talk about that a bit. Kama. Uh, did I pronounce that right? You absolutely did. Yes. Kama. Yeah. So. Um, Everyone at Kama is working from home now, and um, it looks like now the company was um, in LinkedIn. It looked like you're associated with the real estate industry, right? And uh, um, data-driven company, yeah. So kinda, yeah. I mean, um, for for a geo geek like myself, um, there's there's an awfully large amount of geospatial stuff, which is going on there which is good because at the end of the day everything happens somewhere um so i think the the best way of describing what it is we do is is we're trying to make um regulation usable um through taking all of the devolved 
legislation that um, the government spits out to all of the local authorities all, all over the country. Um, and they are under a legal obligation to make that available. But the, the definition of, of what available means varies immensely. So some of these um, government authorities, they have in-house GIS teams, they, they know what an API looks like and they produce very, very high quality data, but they are by far the minority. And so we, we take all of this information and um, through a series of, of bots which scrape and acquire um, this and try to um, try to bring order from chaos. Um, so that's, uh, you know, looking at um, Excel spreadsheets, CSV files, um, which is still sort of the, the lingua franca of, um, of data transfer, um, PDFs, God help us. And and in some cases, um, <laughs> photographs that um, somebody in the council has taken of of a local map, and then sort of um, Sharpie Gate style, they they've drawn somewhere where this particular piece of legislation applies on it, and they photographed it and they've stuck it on their website and say, there you go, that's that's our rules. On you go, and it's incredibly difficult for people who have to stay in touch with all of this legislation to be able to be compliant with it because you know ignorance of the law is no excuse so we're, we're trying to make data-driven services um, that allows people to do real-time monitoring on a very very rapidly changing and quite capricious landscape um, and it's 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 good fun it's okay. it's good fun so it's, it's it's a nice equal measure of cutting edge um, sort of um, machine learned AI geotech as well as something which really has a, a real world benefit because um, especially the, the current sector that we've sort of chosen as the exemplar um, is is what's called the um, the UK HMO PRS which is a rather grand acronym which is so houses of multiple occupations so in other words rental properties um, in the public retail sector where um, in a all over the country there's mandatory licensing under certain terms and conditions but those terms and conditions vary um, all over the country and vary inside each local authority so really it, it's basically one massive point in polygon exercise so for my for my property where do I fit and what affects me and what doesn't affect me and that that's ever-changing ever-shifting boundaries of legislative polygons and we're alerting our our customers as to when those things when those check rules change so that they um they don't get hit with a nasty fine hmm, okay so and it sounds like the customers they would be um probably uh real estate developers and uh, commercial um you know large commercial property holders they tend uh, to be right. um landlords and also the um the letting agents who lease these properties out okay. because um they have what's called joint and several liabilities so um it's it's not like sort of the um the dmca safe harbor provi um, provisions where you know we're, we're just a service provider we're not responsible um these guys if they're acting on behalf of a landlord both the landlord is responsible as well as the agent who is actually doing the business okay yeah uh so what's your reach is it uh all of the uk or beyond um, um, currently, it's UK, but um, you know, um, 
geography knows no boundaries tech knows no boundaries so mm -hmm. um we we are we are eyeing up um other markets where we can sort of cookie cutter um take this approach um both us europe um and and slightly further overseas but um we've 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 got to get this one nailed first before we we try and overstretch ourselves we're, we're still a small company um we, we like to class ourselves as a scale-up rather than a startup mm -hmm. so um it's it's a case of us all all wearing many many hats um i'm i'm allegedly cto of the company which basically means i do all of the official stuff that um that the job title implies i also write code um and i make a damn good coffee when we're in the office as well as as well as fixing the wi-fi and trying to find out why people's laptops won't print <laughs> perfect good well that's important too that is important um it's funny. So we were talking earlier about uh, your internet connection at home and I had to, I was thinking about that this week. And I know one thing when I spend a fair bit of time in America and I tell you that the home internet, so everybody's now working from home, but the home internet largely in America really sucks. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's bad, but it, it's so funny now how pe people are obviously realizing just, just how bad their home internet probably is right. As they're, logging in and doing things like this from home and oh it's just terrible in in america well we, we we've been watching this um to with a certain amount of of amusement especially with the sort of the announcements that the likes of comcast and charter have been making recently um, because the the markets in the uk and in europe are ve both on on home broadband and on um, cellular comms are very very different um mm. and so you know my my mobile or cell phone um that's on an all-you-can-eat data plan um and i pay probably about um 17 pounds a month for that and, wow uh, really <laughs> yeah 17 one seven one seven wow okay i pay um, about so, 70 seven oh and that's uh six gigabyte <laughs> so, on my, exactly yeah. exactly and um also the majority of our broadband connections regardless of whether they're fiber or whether they're adsl um they're uncapped so um pretty much you um your your sort of dating factor is is your bandwidth rather than the amount of data that you use and so um yeah. you know, lis listening to the the US ISP is going, oh no, we, you know, we, we can't possibly do unlimited because you know, th think of this finite bandwidth that we've got. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, seeing as everybody's at home, we're just gonna remove the caps, which really makes a mockery of what they've been saying for the past however many years that you know, the world will come to an end and all the networks will go down if they remove the caps. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I, I think out of all that, when, when we all emerge from this, probably down there in, in the US, the, uh, the screaming for um, decent internet and affordable internet and broadband is, is going to get even louder. But maybe, um, I don't know, we, we have it a little better here in Canada, I think. Um, but it's not cheap. That's for sure. I mean, it, it, here it varies immensely in price. Most most of the providers do sort of, you know, the, the triple play lock-in. 
so we we get our fiber uh, connection and our cable tv and and the landline which only scammers or people who are trying to sell us double glazing ever use these days um and our package is round about so i think sort of 75 pounds um per month but that comes with um an awfully large amount of channels which we will never watch as as well as um 150 megabit um fiber sadly not symmetric and that's the one thing which i'm really missing from being in the office because we, we're used to pushing fairly large amounts of data um up to the cloud and pulling it down and when i'm sitting here at home um pulling data down is not a problem but the moment i'm trying to push something back up it's like yeah now's a good time to go for a walk in the garden mm -hmm. or go and make another <laughs> cup of coffee and this is this is going to take a while yeah yeah for sure um, see that um so uh hey regarding geography i've got i've got a uh geographic nugget for you to chew on here so you're um the former royals i guess i don't know what you call them i don't are, are you a royal person but uh harry harry who's probably one of my favorite royals um megan maybe not so much but um they just live up the road from me now so, no way. It, yeah. So I'm here. I'm in Victoria, British Columbia, and uh, I'm I'm actually uh, very close to Butchart Gardens, which is kind of a well-known, I don't know, supposedly world-famous landmark. But uh, so we're on a little peninsula here, and probably maybe seven, eight kilometers just up the road to the north of me. That is, uh, it's a very ritzy uh, um, neighborhood. And that's where the royals are now are now living. Um, yeah, they're in a nice waterfront estate, which is very easily protected and guarded. I'm sure. So, yeah. Do you know what we, we we've watched all of that going on here with a certain amount of um, wry amusement? I mean, and anybody who marries into um, into the royal family. Um, I, I take my hat off too because you are going to um, come into a world which is very formalized, almost ritualized, and everything that you do is going to be scrutinized to the to the millimeter by by the media. And actually, when when Harry and Meghan said, you know what, we don't want to live our lives like this, um, we're just going to say thanks but no thanks and go and live together i i had an awfully large amount of respect to them and and, it, and, and i don't think it matters whether you're um whether you're pro-monarchy or um or anti-monarchy mm. or or someone like me who's sort of kind of agnostic um i'm not i'm not particularly um take it or know, leave it uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that, that that's me but um for them to sort of have the courage of their convictions and say we we don't want to live under this under this scrutiny and to be part of this. Um, I think they, they made a very, very brave decision to give up um, a lifestyle which um, was immensely privileged, but also immensely restrictive and constraining. So, um, so good luck to them. Even, even <laughs> yeah. though, of course, they're not, they're not allowed to call themselves royal anymore as part of the settlement. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be a little... Excuse me confusion about that but um i think it's working out well for them here because what's happened in the city initially there was a lot of excitement and hype 
that, you know, oh my, all these sightings of the Royals, particularly, you know, not, it's not like they'd just be at the supermarket, you know, Megan and Archie shopping type of thing. But uh, there was a lot of sightings of them hiking and, you know, walking their dogs and whatnot. Um, but then it evolved into, so if, uh, there was only a couple of people that, you know, snapped photos and shared. But now if you do that, it, um, you get the wrath of the population here. Will, if I was to share a photo of where I saw them, I would be publicly shamed throughout the region and probably start getting hate mail and people at my door and because the mindset is leave them alone, everyone. Um, and, <laughs> and I think they're getting that now. So, you know, if I saw them walking down the road, I'd probably just kind of, you know, wave and and move on it's, it's, it's I, I i think that's cool. that's nice i, I mean yeah. the, the that i can't really see that happening um here because the um the press are <laughs> watching sort of all the time and pay handsomely for for this sort of thing but there's there's this weird thing that the, i think the royal family and and um are almost kind of more respected and more um revered outside of the uk than they are inside of the uk mm. um yeah. it, it's you'll, you'll get um you know news coverage which which is either sort of devastatingly negative or is is really sort of um almost groveling and fawning over, over their every move um and most most of us are like okay fine well, you know this is nothing to do with me we'll, we'll just get on with our lives but I, I i get that they're a sort of an export commodity and there's there's tradition and everything else <laughs> how much place that has in today's society i don't know yeah yeah i hear you I hope if one thing comes out of all of this, anyway, I, I hope that maybe we'll wind up getting the Invictus Games hosted over here. That would be very cool. So, which I know that there would was, be immensely cool. Yeah, there was talk about that for Victoria, and now with everything that's gone on, I'm I'm not sure. So, and it was nice to see how much coverage that got on the um, on the television here. I think when when we had the Olympics um, here in London in in 2012 and and in the rest of the country, it really. Um, that plus the Paralympics and then the Invictus Games, all of a sudden people people had sort of had a lot more to be able to um, to see and to watch. And I mean, I, we, we sat and watched the Paralympics as, as avidly as, as we did the main Olympics. Mm-hmm. And it was really quite inspiring, um, not, not just for, um, for myself and my wife, but also the children were really, really into this and that's that's continued um and and it's the same with um at the risk of sort of verging into slightly controversial territory i think it's the same for women's sport so um you know women's football Mm -hmm. gets a lot more visibility it's still not the prime time that the men's football is but it's it's definitely um available whereas beforehand you wouldn't have been able to watch it um the same with um with the six nations um rugby championship um, which has now been um, gone on hiatus um, here when all of this happened. Um, you you were getting coverage of the women's Six Nations as well, and so if if you're a rugby fan like I am, it's 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 great because you you've got um, almost wall to wall sport. It's um, you know it's it's like you with yeah. your baseball. Come on, I I, I <laughs> see I see you on Facebook. You you are, you are you live eat and breathe that. Yeah, I do. I'm missing that, but 
luckily now we have lots of that's one of the, you know the classic games are being you know run on on tv so i don't i don't care if i'm watching a live game now i'll watch anything so now i get to relive all the you know all the best of the best games from the past so but uh yeah i miss that now the season should be <coughs> kicking off i think next week or this week but yeah that's a bummer and uh yeah sport part of our life interrupted i know that was the hardest part my daughter she's a competitive rower and you know i felt bad her you know her freshman season at university just came to a crashing end right before the big regattas were supposed to take place and um they have a, a race here called the brown cup and it's a it's a really big deal i guess in the rowing world and so for this would have been her first brown cup so they get all worked up about that and it was canceled so i mean she was in tears you know and it got canceled but these are these are just one you know some of the many things that were that are happening now well i i like to think that it's it's more paused than than canceled so you know tokyo have finally admitted that the olympics isn't going to happen this year that'll take place next year things like um you know the football championships the rugby championships um they're they're on pause rather than rather mm -hmm. than cancelled um and um you know we'll have to sit tight and um and see what happens um with the uh with the covid19 situation when the nfl comes back on mm -hmm. oh yeah right that's yeah so they have a bit of time yes the uh, uh summer august that usually kicks off yeah, I have to see whether we'll see. I'm going to um, renew my NFL Game Pass subscription for, right. for this season, so so I can see how bad the Chargers actually do again. Right. So yeah, I noticed that. So you're a Chargers fan? That was your. I um, thought Raiders, but uh, no, I've, I've I've been a Chargers fan since um, I was around about 12 years old. Um, hmm. One part of my family um, relocated to um, to San Diego, so um, and so. A very very early Christmas present was um, all of this um, sort of team strip which came through the mail for Christmas, and I, I had no idea what was going on until I started travelling to the states um, on for business, sort of in my um, in my early twenties. And it was like, okay, I, I I get this game now. This it's 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 kind of like rugby, but with commercial breaks and with a lot more body armour. <laughs> right. And um, and I and I've been hooked ever since. Wow, that, that's interesting, and especially the Chargers because they're they're kind of a funny team. And now I have some really, very good friends in San Diego, and they were diehard Chargers fans. And uh, boy, I mean, the move out of the city was just devastating for those people. So it's kind of oh, to to, to lose fractured your franchise. I mean, their fit. yeah. I mean, it's it's like um, where we are here in Southwest London. Um, our local rugby team, Harlequins. It's like them deciding they're going to um, decant up to Birmingham. You know, <laughs> there's so much local pride around your home team, and um, I, I can't really imagine that happening to um, to your local team all of a sudden. It's like, well, they're they're not there anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah. We would leave a, a big gaping hole. So uh, yeah. But thanks oh, to the magic of the internet, we can still watch them. Yes, we can. It doesn't matter. We can be fans of any team. It always surprises me the the geography of of fans and you know how sometimes you have people there there's always some kind of personal connection. But when I see, 
you know, people in Dallas that are New England Patriot fans and that, and it often leaves me confused, but hey, anything can happen. Um, you know what? It was, you, you mentioned something earlier when we were chatting, I think before we recorded, you were talking about your kids and doing uh, schoolwork and whatnot, their classes online. That was kind of maybe one of the last things we can talk about before we uh, reach our hour limit here, which is going. Um, so here, um, schools, meaning like K-12 schools, is canceled, obviously. But I think they've pretty much given up on the school year. Um, but what I've found is a lot of schools are basically, I, I don't even think they've rolled out online teaching um, in any way. They've just kind of stopped, which... Oh, wow. Sort of, you know, surprised me and really kind of disappointed me because, I mean, it's really not that, it's not rocket science nowadays to, um, right, to roll out some kind of virtual learning. Uh, and if anything, the teachers will really benefit and learn from, you know, right, okay, this is how I author a uh, online curriculum. Um, very much so. I mean, I think it does vary very much by um, what part of the country you're in and and to a certain degree down to which school your kids are at i think for the for the primary schools so um that's i i guess um sort of elementary level i pretty much think they've just mm. said you know what we'll just go on um hiatus through the summer and judging by the uh, the number of children who you you see and hear in the back gardens um of that age i think that's very much the case but for um, for secondary school, so that's sort of middle and seniors, um, pretty much everybody around around here is doing some degree of um, remote learning with with varying degrees of success. I think in, we should count ourselves fairly fortunate that both my son's school and my daughter's school um, they've they've known that this is coming for a while. It was always a case of um, of when rather than if, and so they've. They've done the prep work, they've done the groundwork. And um, whilst I'm sure the novelty factor for my two will wear off um, as, as the weeks go on, um, they're getting, you know, they, they go through their daily timetable. Um, in some cases, it's um, it's face to face with the teacher. In some cases, it's, it's pre-prepared with slides and stuff with email. I mean, hell, my son was even doing pottery downstairs in the, in the kitchen oh, wow. the other yeah. day, which, I, which I, I was quite impressed with. Yeah. And, nice. and it goes a long way to explain the weight of his school bag when he came home on the uh, on the last Friday before schools closed. Um, but no, they, they, it's, it's so far it's working um, quite what the they're going to do for end of year exams. I don't know, but um, I think they're, they're going to just make it work it, not make it up as they go along. They, they'll just take each challenge one at a time. Um, and so far it's it's doing good. I mean. You know where I, where I'm sitting here in the, in in the home office. Um, I, I live on a pretty typical London terraced street, so everybody's back garden looks it overlooks somebody else, and you can see down the length of the road. And um, there's there's not that many sort of teenagers um, out in the garden during the school day. So they're obviously all doing something now, whether that's communing with with the xbox or the tv remote control or doing schoolwork, i can't tell um but i i think you know there, there's going to have to be some give and take on this i think the government over here have already said that for those who are due to sit there um the equivalent of the graduation 
um, that's going to be done on teacher assessment rather than having to go in and sit formal papers so based on their coursework over the course of of the months um, but um, if how this is going to play out um, I, I don't know I really don't know I think we just got to it's a horrible <laughs> phrase and I keep on saying it we really do have to take this um, a day at a time and um, you know we're, we're mentally dividing the world into into two buckets which is things we need to worry about and which we can do something about right now and tomorrow and everything else and um, you know what happens school-wise in in the long term I think is is in the everything else bucket at the moment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep definitely well I think uh, if anything, they'll probably um, this will plant the seed for the schools and, and others for the future. And maybe we need to plan for this. And right? I think so. And, and also yep. for workers. I mean, you know, a lot of companies have probably spent a very, very large <clears throat> amount of money in kitting out their workers to be able to work remotely. And when things do get back to normal, I think some companies are going to say, well, we've been doing this for however many months. Do we really need an office now? Right. Yeah. Do we need this much office space? And yeah, they said oh, companies should maybe be looking at, okay, we got, when this is all done, let's see if we can kind of qualify, uh, you know, how, how did this work out? How, wh what was the product people's productivity like, you know, that's, that's a big trade off, right? People want to make sure that their home workers are, are productive so yeah I mean I, I, th I think for me for me with the team of engineers um, not not that they they're overseen or monitored but you know we, we can see the progress of the stuff that we're working on and um, you know we can see commit logs going on and and it's it's obvious that people are still working I guess in some other industries it's it's much more difficult to quantify that um, and, and I think it will be very very interesting to see how um, things are post COVID-19, which by the way, still to mm -hmm. me sounds like a Jira ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, maybe, maybe there's a global conspiracy going on here. Just saying, um, but we, we, we shall see. I mean, um, I, I think there will be a lot, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> there'll, there'll be a lot of companies who are maybe sort of um, re looking at how their workforce um, interacts and how their workforce is is judged to be productive or not productive. I, I just hope it's it's not um, done in an, in a negative way because I it, you know for people who are, who have managed to come through this, it's going to be um, sort of cause for celebration enough without any more uncertainty over over their jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Speaking of that, so this this platform here, <clears throat> I'm using Zoom here for our conversation and recording this, but apparently maybe it's part of the pro version. So if you're having a, let's say you're, uh, you're the employer and you're having your daily meeting or whatnot or webinar with your team, it also has built-in capabilities so that uh, I can see if you are actually paying attention. <laughs> so rather, right. So if your browser is active or if it, it will indicate that, Oh no, it looks like Gary is actually interacting on a, on another part of his screen. So maybe he's uh, playing a game in another browser or surfing Facebook. But I thought that was kind of an interesting, uh, interesting part of the analytics. 
interesting and slightly creepy creepy right so i can see <laughs> wow it looks like so that 60 minute meeting uh, apparently gary was only actually paying attention to this browser uh, a third of the time so yeah creepy so uh, you people who are out there on zoom meetings for your company pay attention <laughs> yeah all right let's, let's hope their usage doesn't go crashing as a result of that glowing endorsement yeah yep all right well uh hey we should uh, we should get going i've got to uh i got a few things to do it's now what is it nine o'clock it's almost 10 o'clock my time so yeah. yeah it's coming up to quarter to five in the afternoon here and I, I better go and do some more work and then um collapse with the family and see which streaming service we're going to binge watch tonight <laughs> right get outside for a little bit of air for that uh daily walk oh i i, yeah. I fully intend to um and i think uh I'm also going to take a stroll in the garden um, or, well, the, the matchbox size patch of greenery that we have in, in London. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, well look, thanks, for, thanks for having me on, Glenn. Um, I'm looking forward to being slightly embarrassed when I, when I get to, um, to hear this back. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. keep, keep fighting the, the good fight of geography. That's all I'll say. The good fight. Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right. Thanks again, Gary. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck over there. Be in um, touch. Same, same to you. Um, stay <laughs> safe and stay well. All right. Thanks, Gary. Bye. Be good. Take care. Bye, Glenn.